This podcast is free and it's accessible to everyone thanks to support from listeners like you. If you value this show, please consider supporting its production by donating to our home, KUOW. It only takes a minute to give and you'll be helping to support the production of this podcast. Make a donation at KUOW.org or follow the link in the show notes. And thanks. I stand there and I feel this tickling. Like all the hairs on my left side are standing up and I feel like I'm being lifted. I think this is it. This is a seizure from fright. (laughs) This is how I'm going to go. This is KBOOW Shorts. I'm Jeannie Yandel. Every day this week, we're going to give you one creepy story to help you get in the Halloween spirit. And today, we're going looking for ghosts with Jake Warga and a group that used to call itself A-Ghost, short for Amateur Ghost Hunters of Seattle-Tacoma. We drive up there. It's up this dirt road. And the nearest place is a ranger station. The nearest town feels so small, it's actually where they shot Northern Exposure. So you know where it is. And so we get up there, and it's this gigantic, well, this is old mining camp. Let me tell you history of the place first, because this is, this is important. Um, there's two cabins, basically. The, the main dormitory is where we're staying. It's where the, um, well, the owner uses it during the summer. And it's, it's okay, but upstairs there's an attic that's so spooky. It's like a film set of itself. <laughs> and it's upstairs that used to be a Bible camp. During, well, this was established during the turn of the century, early 1900s, and around the 30s, 20s, it was a Bible camp. And of course, well, strange things could go on in Bible camp. And there were cases of abuse. And so there was some evil figure that they used to abuse the children. And it's in the legacy of the place. Now, also, a woman died right, right around the 30s. And this was late winter. So it was too cold. The ground was too frozen to break great barrier. So they put her in the other cabin. This is the green cabin. Green cabin. It's also on the property, just a little bit up the hill. And they put her there for over a month. Okay, till the ground thawed. Now, what is unique is that she was destined to marry Jesus Christ. Now, if you're capable of marrying Jesus Christ, you're capable of coming back, right? So what they did was they put her children in there to stay vigil over this body for over a month. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about therapy bills. But, <laughs> and I guess at one point it became clear she's not coming back. So they buried her. And now we arrive. There are six of us, mostly techs and observers and one psychic. She clips on a little microphone and a micro cassette recorder. I clip on a wireless microphone so I can always hear what's going on. Everyone's wearing these things. It's to record the voices of the dead. <laughs> it's called EVP. It's this known phenomenon. It's called electro-voice phenomena. The theory is basically if you go into a cemetery and start recording and ask questions that upon playing the tapes back, deep in the hiss, if you really crank up the hiss, you'll hear answers. <laughs> That's why everyone's wearing this. And I've heard examples. It's pretty freaky. <laughs> so... We start to walk around the main dormitory, and it's getting dark now, of course. 
So we light oil lanterns, and the techs have little the little headlamp things because they're they're geeks. <laughs> they really are geeks, and I'm geek enough to actually want one. <laughs> so we start to walk around, and I'm listening on my wireless mic, but I'm with them, and Stephanie, the psychic, is saying that there's a lot of childish energy around here. Now, keep in mind, only three people know the history of this place: myself, the president, and the vice president of a ghost. So in theory, she doesn't know anything about this place. So she's picking on this childhood energy. And we go up into the attic and it's now pitch black. Very scary, right? Everything's creaking. There's this rocking chair that I remember seeing from, I think, Amityville Horror. <laughs> but she, she's standing there and she said, oh, something just brushed up against my right leg. Now it's pitch black, right? Pretty dark. And I look over the shoulder of one of the techs who's got this night vision DV camera thing going. And I look at the monitor, and she's standing there, and you can kind of see her in the night vision, but there's this dot of light, like just kind of floating around her, and then it exits the frame, just meanders off. She goes into the green, green cabin, and I'm outside, and I'm like, I, I don't want to be in here. And I, I'm listening, and she says, stench. There's a horrible stench in here. It's like death. I don't want to be in here. And then she just sort of leaves. And she goes up into the woods, just kind of follows this trail. The trees are whispering slash moaning, a la Blair Witch, I'm thinking. <laughs> and she stops, just stops. And she says, you know, this has never happened to me before, but I see a body. There's a woman lying right here. And, and she describes her. And later going through photo books with the owner, um, she you know, flipping through and said, oh, that's her. That's the body I saw. She's so calm, <laughs> like this is normal for her. And she said, somewhere there's a child. I, I can't quite place where it is, but somewhere, and I feel like a child's voice. Something just said, did you come to play? <laughs> I've heard that in so many movies. And the child, there was a child buried there. It was cremated. I don't know if that added to confusion, but so we go down into the cabin, and upstairs in the attic, they set up this computer monitoring system called Spectre. It stands for something that I have no idea. And they put up these night vision cameras on both ends, and we lock, we leave the attic, and we start to retire for the evening. Now, we had all started sleeping in sort of different rooms in this place, but about 3 a.m., <laughs> about 3 a.m., it's a sort of noises and a sort of people going up, I heard something, you know. It, we were all sleeping together on the floor in the main room, right? Now, I've been woken up in weird ways before, but at 3 a.m. to have a psychic bolt up on the sofa next to me and say, someone's coming. <laughs> so everyone grabs whatever piece of equipment they, they fell asleep next to. I grab my headphones and I grab my recorder and I, you know, I stab at it. They've only got this lone oil lantern going and I hear it. I hear voices. I hear Stephanie talking and I look at her, but she's not saying anything. I'm like, holy crap. I hit play. <laughs> so I was like, all right, okay, I can figure it. So I figured out how to work the thing and I start to record. And we, we, we all go into the kitchen she says, Someone's in the kitchen. The house is really unsettled right now. You have no idea. But we go into the kitchen, and she says, who's got a recorder? And in their haste, no one had clipped on their little micro cassette recorders, and then they look at me with my big microphone. 
like, oh crap. And they say, you go. They, they threw me into the kitchen. It's pitch black. Right? I can't see a thing except their little faces staring at this night vision monitor, right? I stand there and I feel this tickling. Like all the hairs on my left side are standing up and I feel like I'm being lifted. I think this is it. This is a seizure from fright. Right? This is how I'm gonna go. I wonder if they can see me pee. Probably not. Now, right about this time, they say, oh, look at that, wow. They're looking into the camera, it's like, there's someone on your left. Like, you mean something, right? Or some, it's, oh, God. And so eventually, like, oh, wow, okay. Oh, it's leaving, all right. And she says, when, when you play the tapes back, you should hear the voice of a female, all right? Like, okay, can I come back now? Like, yeah. So I run back to them and look at the camera, and sure, there's like this little dot of light again, and it started meandering around randomly in the frame, and then it exits. And then, then Stephanie's like, wait, there's someone in the attic. I'm like, counting her one, two, three, four, five, no. <laughs> and she said, do you hear it? There's someone in the attic. And so I, I point my mic up into the attic, and, and we're, we're walking into the main room, and everyone is so tense. She's like, the house is so tense. Everyone is hiding. And, and she's like, there's someone up there. And then we hear it, a mouse. Yeah. All right, so we all breathe. I hit pause. I guess this is when you're not recording that this is when things happen. Kendra is walking towards the door, taking EMF readings. And Stephanie says, Kendra, stop. There's someone coming. And this is when the front door blows open. We all have to pee. <laughs> and she's like, there's a man in the room. It's Kendra, don't move. He's standing right next to you. Kendra's like, I'm not moving. <laughs> she's got a little detector. And she says, it's a man. He's very unhappy right now. All the children upstairs are hiding. And, and she's like, he, he won't talk to me. He won't talk to me because I'm a woman. Channel yourself through a man. Go try to talk to a man. They look at me. There are two other men here. <laughs> so they try with another guy who's you know, kind of snoring, but he's awake. And he says, I feel this crushing blow on my head. Like, don't talk to him. <laughs> I don't tell them, but the only thing going through my head right now, I mean, the only phrase in my fatigue and my tiredness and my fear is, but they're my children. <gasps> Eventually he leaves, according to Stephanie. And the house kind of calms down. Now, it was a little windy outside, but now the wind has stopped and everything is calm. And she's like, all right, no one's afraid right now. They, they, they all, they, he's left. Our president, our trusty president, goes to close the front door and says, I'm closing the door now. If anyone wants to leave, they should do it now. And he closes the door. So do I believe in ghosts? Not yet, but I'm a little closer to it. That was Jake Warga telling his ghost hunting story at the Rendezvous in Seattle a few years back. And that group he went out with, A-Ghost, it still exists, but with a slight name change. Now, A-Ghost stands for Advanced Ghost Hunters of Seattle-Tacoma. Tomorrow, we'll take an Alaskan cruise. 
and get a surprise late-night visit from a family. And I kind of knew that they weren't real people because they weren't quite solid enough. So I gingerly put my feet over the side of the bed, stood up, and did a big sweep with my hands to the boy and to the woman. Well, my hands went right through the boy and right through the woman. This KBOW short story was produced by KUOW Puget Sound Public Radio, a proud member of the NPR Network. Subscribe to the KUOW Shorts feed for more short-run, locally produced audio series. This series was produced by me and Brandy Fullwood, with help from Hans Twite, Amelia Peacock, and Michaela Giannotti-Boyle. Brendan Sweeney is our Director of New Content and Innovation. Our music is by Italia. Listen to all five ghost stories this week by subscribing to KUOW Shorts wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jeannie Yandel. See you tomorrow, if you dare.